Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today and every day as we get into the Word of God and allow it to transform our lives. We have a treasure here. We have a treasure. It's called the Bible. Throughout history, a lot of people never had one of their own. We have one. You've probably got more than one. I've got more than one sitting on my shelf. What a treasure it is, and we want to value it as it deserves to be. Its principles can guide us into fruitful living, the abundant life Jesus talked about. And the darker the world is around us, the more important it is that we are guided by the light we're given in the Word of God if we want to be triumphant and victorious people. This morning, we want to talk about, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'd like to just reread what I wrote yesterday, what we talked about yesterday, but we're moving on to a new topic here in just uh, just a second. Let's get the context here. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through, starting with verse 3, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. We're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down strongholds of human reasoning, and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Now, as I read this, of course, I'm in campus ministry a lot and do evangelism, and I, and, and I want Christians to grow, and I just think of, wow, we battle secular humanism, we battle the false claims of science that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God, or psychology, or philosophy, or or what, whatever fields in education, that's where I my mind goes when I think of battling these thoughts raised up against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And indeed, this principle, these are principles given, and they should go. We should battle there. We do wage war there. People are... I often say of America that even though we have an awful lot of Christian access to Christian knowledge here, the average person, especially young person, has given a whole lot of almost an infinite amount of reasons not to believe in God, not to believe the Bible, not to believe in Jesus, and very few reasons why they should believe. The, the field has not been level, and what they're getting in their, in their modern culture is skepticism is being uh, inculcated into them, into their minds, into their subconscious. And so we need to tear those things down. We need to attack and wage war against these lies, false ideas about the existence of God and how we got here and the Bible and Jesus and what the Bible teaches and so forth. But in its context, and we always want to be reading the Bible in its context first, and seeing what was related to specifically, Paul's referring to people who were questioning his authority. Paul was an apostle. God had given him authority. And the church had gotten off track. The church had become worldly. The church had become very tolerant of, of sin in its midst. The church, in, in saying, you know, we believe in acceptance, tolerance, and they, they probably had their own diver, uh, diversity, inclusion, and um, uh, equity agenda, and, and they were allowing overt sin into the church. And Paul had spoken against this sin. He'd spoken strongly. Some had said, you're harsh in what he was saying. 
and and you're writing this letter and you're being so strong. He was strong. The church responded to it. And as a result, the church was began to grow more. They were more holy and he was commending them. But he also in this letter is having to defend his authority and, and why he is an apostle. He goes into things like, look how much I've lived for Christ. Look at how I've suffered for Christ. Look at what God has done in my life. And the next two chapters in chapters 11 and 12 is a defense of his authority. And you say, and so he's, he's beginning to introduce this here. And look what he says. Look at the obvious facts. Continuing on in 2 Corinthians 10. Look at the obvious facts. Those who say they belong to Christ must recognize that we belong to Christ as much as they do. Have you ever heard this before? People who are rebelling against authority and they're saying, how do they do it? They're saying, I I belong to Christ. The Spirit speaks to me. Well, they do belong to Christ and the Spirit may be speaking to them or may or may not. But, But you've also got to realize that the person you're having the conflict with, who may be your authority in this case, well, they belong to Christ too. And the Spirit speaks to them as well. And, and, and this idea of they were having this problem of claiming to be independence. I just hear straight from God. I don't need you. We hear a lot of this today. People say they don't need the church. People say they don't need the family. People say they don't need anything but their social media. And, and sometimes in, it can be a spiritual pride that says, I don't need anything else. I can, it's just me and God's all it takes. Now there are times when it should just be you and God, but you better be careful because Paul goes on. If you better be careful, if you're separating yourself, being independent, just coming up with your own ideas and claiming God speaking to you, you'd better make sure because usually God works with us as a body. We're part of the body of Christ. We're not to be off on our own independent. If the body has become sinful, what's Paul doing? Paul is correcting the body. He's correcting them all. He's not, he's not justifying someone wanting to be independent and sinful. He's saying that he's wanting the church together to come to this place of repentance. Let's keep reading. <clears throat> It may seem to it may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord. But our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. Wow. Here again we see a vital principle in scripture as we read the Bible, we like I said we want to read it in the context, but we want to also gather principles that help us know how we can live our life in our modern context. And Paul is saying here, God gave him authority. It might seem like I'm talking too much about my authority, he claims. But understand, God gave it to me. And he gave it to me to build you up, not to tear you down. And so therefore, I'm not ashamed of it. You ever been ashamed of the authority God's given you? Every one of us, is in a place where we you probably have authority at some level, someone that you have authority over. This is a godly thing. And sometimes in our culture, we, we have two things to battle. Number one, human nature. Human nature is rebellious. Satan himself was rebellious. The very first sin, the very and the very essence of all sin 
is rebellion against God. That's what the domain of darkness is all about. It's rebellion against God. It's joining Satan, the original rebel. And it's 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 getting on his side. And so there's something in us that wants to be rebellious. It's it it shows up in children at a young age. It shows up in a in adults if you don't tame it and repent of it and overcome it. It can be within us throughout our whole life. Secondly, add to that, in Western culture and in American culture, we can we can have some rebellious streaks amongst ourselves. Some tendency to assert our own independence. I've noticed much more than some other cultures of the world where older people are respected, parents are respected, grandparents are respected, authority is respected, much more than it seems like in our culture, and particularly in these days in our culture where it's become quite fashionable and and people revile authorities, revile their parents, their pastor, their employer, their their um, their politicians, and we can revile them uh, and rebel against them quite easily. Now, there's not the, the none of those people should ever be above criticism, shall we say? But we've got to be careful about reviling them and just rejecting them and almost taking glory in doing so. And I'll tell you, in our culture today. A lot of young people take glory. It's it's celebrated once you have rejected parental authority or rejected church authority. And it's almost like a badge of honor to look say, well, look at what a victim I am. And who you're victim of. Well, you're usually a victim of someone who has power over you. This is the cultural Marxism that we've talked about here before. Cultural Marxism claims that you want to be a victim and claim that someone with power has abused you, and therefore you were your victim as a badge of honor. And in this culture, Paul, Paul was facing this somewhat in Corinth. We face it far more in our day. God has entrusted people with authority. And I'm speaking, I want to speak specifically now to people here who have authority, okay? Three, three principles I want to bring out for you in life that we should all be practicing if you have authority. Number one, you got to be under authority before you can assert your authority. That's really important. We be under the authority of God, first of all. We humble ourselves. We acknowledge his authority in our lives. And secondly, if there's earthly authority that you're called to honor, that you are a model of that. Remember, we're being watched. Parents, your children are watching you. They're seeing how you talk about those that are in authority in your life, and they're picking up cues on how they may one day treat you as being the authority in their lives. So always remember, you're under authority before you're exercising authority. This will prevent you from being authoritarian. This will prevent you from being someone who goes off the track and just becomes an evil, tyrannical ogre, which that's not what authority is meant to be. It's not to be a tyrant. What's the second point here? Remember, you've been entrusted with authority in order to protect and build up others. This is what Paul said. God gave us authority to build you up, not to tear you down. Some people use their authority to make others feel small. True people who exercise authority well, they do it in humility 
and they build up those that they are called to protect and to encourage and to strengthen. God wants, God gives us authority that those under our authority might flourish, that they might grow, that they might experience their full potential in Christ. So remember, this is, this is the purpose God gave it to you. Sin destroys a person. You're given authority to protect people from sin and to build them up in righteousness. That's why you have it. And so, number three, don't be timid or passive in discharging this responsibility. It's necessary for people to grow. In our culture today, again, because authority is such a dirty word, and because of this undertone of cultural Marxism that 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 says, you know, people who have authority or power are innately evil and oppressive, we can be timid. We can be timid in our expectations, timid in our words, timid in how we speak, timid in our attitudes, and even timid in our being involved and bringing appropriate discipline if necessary. I want to encourage you, don't be timid. Don't be passive. God gave you authority that those under your authority might be built up, might be righteous, might be might really grow. And it takes courage to exercise authority. That's why Paul said, I will not be ashamed of using my authority. It took courage then. I think it takes even more courage in our day. Don't be ashamed of using it. Just remember, you're not a tyrant. You're not, you're, you're not meant to be an ogre. You're not to be authoritarian and abusive, but you're to use your authority to build up, strengthen, encourage, and protect. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you for your ways. We thank you for your structures of life. Thank you, Father, for the people you have put in our lives to have authority over us and to protect us from evil and to guide us and to build us up. This is why you've given them this responsibility. We confess, Lord, that we've all got this tendency to want to rebel. We confess that for years and, and humanity is following uh, the, the original rebel, Satan, and and true sal- salvation was when we come back under your authority through Jesus Christ. We receive your forgiveness. We enter the kingdom of God, and we recognize you as our king, our authority. I pray, Father, for everyone here who has authority in their lives, who has re- been entrusted with this, parents, church leaders, employers, maybe any political leaders on here, Father, that we would not do it to empower ourselves, but to grow, to protect and grow and help those with whom we are entrusted this responsibility to become all you created them to be, to protect them from evil and help them walk righteously and in your ways. We pray for this grace and this wisdom in our lives. We pray for courage in our lives. Help us this day to be what you'd call us to be in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. The Word of God's powerful. Those who live by it are blessed. They have the favor of God. And you begin to see it, sometimes not right away, but you begin to see the results of the fruit or the consequences of living the ways of God. Sometimes it takes years to see, but it will show up. You follow God, put Him first, live His ways. You'll see the fruit. You don't, you'll experience the consequences. That's why we get in the Word of God every day. 
and want to read it and study it and let it shape our lives. So if you're new, I hope you will join us here every day. We come here live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, which you can watch anytime throughout the day or even listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. I hope you do. Those of you here every day and who come here and are growing in the Lord, I love you. So glad to have you along. Share this with another person today. Like the video on your way out. Share it with someone else. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.